So, um, hello and welcome. Um, I'm going to continue to explore the uh, wonderful teaching poem by our dear ancestor Dogen Zenji, the Genjo Koan. And um, I was rooting around in some of my notes uh, to prepare for tonight's lecture and remembering that one of my very, very favorite um, teachings that Catherine, my root teacher and the root teacher of many us here today, um, offered in 1996 up at Jokoji Zen Center on the Genjo Koan. And um, so I'm going to bring in some of Catherine's words and teaching this evening. Um, I started with the first four lines, and probably every time that I teach this, I will speak for one or two or three minutes just to review the first three lines, because they say it's the whole teaching of Buddhism, and it's the whole teaching of Zen. So uh, that's, that sounds pretty good to uh, remember that time and again. Um, and the essence of the first sentence is that forms exist. You exist as you. I exist as I. An apple is an apple. There's delusion. There's realization. There's birth. There's death. Things exist. And then in the second sentence, Dogen um, points out how things also do not exist. In other words, you may think that you're you and I'm I, but um, actually, if we really, really penetrate deeply to the heart of the matter, uh, there's no separate self here. We're just one big breathing organism of humanity on, on planet Earth. And if we really, really penetrate um, delusion and realization, there's, there's no such thing as delusion and realization. So these two sentences, this, this great teaching of form and emptiness, there is form and there is also no form. But then the lovely, lovely move that he makes in the Genjo Koan is it's not even just this and that. It's beyond this and that. We leap beyond even this idea that there's these two kinds of consciousnesses or these two realities. We leap clear of the many and the one. And that's the third sentence. So, um, of course, you know, when one tries to explain this, it sounds pretty, pretty, uh, out there and esoteric and everything. And one of the things I always loved about Catherine was how she brought it down to earth. And so this was no exception. And back in 1996, most of us were very new to Zen. And I remember even going up to that Sashin, the Genjo Koan absolutely made no sense to me at all. Uh, so one of the ways that Catherine um, patiently began to try to help us uh, understand this, let's let's think about this for a minute. It's actually not esoteric at all. This state of being where we leap beyond duality, where we allow our minds to not be fixated on subject object, uh, but just be with energy as it's arising life as it is. That's the meaning of this word, Genjo Koan. Catherine described it like this. It's a state of mind. Something comes in and then something else comes in. This is into your mind, right? Just think of the last half hour of sitting, right? Something comes in and then something else comes in and then something drops out and then something else comes in. <laughs> I don't know what your mind is like, but 
my mind is often like that. A thought arises, a thought falls away, another thought comes in, another thought falls away. And maybe you reflect on something from a different angle. She says that Dogen calls this going beyond, going beyond form, going beyond being, going beyond non-being. And then Catherine, she says, can you feel that threshold of your consciousness? I mean, have you ever tried paying attention to, you know, when does the thought that starts making up stories about the world, when does that arise? And what is the state of mind before that arises? And after perhaps that falls away, she says, she invites us. Can you feel that th- that at the threshold of your consciousness? Can you see how that which is arising is just on the verge of dropping? And reality is pulsing just this quickly. This dynamic functioning of the universe is Genjo Koan. And we might think that, you know, this teaching, we're supposed to go somewhere and that going beyond means going somewhere other than here. But no, all three, if you could call them three states of consciousness, are happening right now in you. You're still here. Whether you're attending to the form aspect of existence or whether you're opening to the emptiness aspect or whether you're going beyond, you're you. There's there's no different you that goes off into some different universe. All three are happening at the same time. All three realms simultaneously. Genjo Koan, the present moment realizing itself. Buddha being Buddha. So um, another thing that she did at this Sashin was she shared with us a poem that she had seen written on a chalkboard at Jikoji. And I know Patrick was there and I'm wondering if he remembers this, this, this great teaching. Um, she brought it very excitedly. She came into the Zendo and said, oh, this poem, I, I have to share it with you. It's, it's the Genjo Koan. So this poem, this purple flower, at last, I have forgotten its name. This purple flower, at last, I have forgotten its name. We could say in the first realm, if we're going to, you know, just continue to kind of think about these, these three realms for a moment, you know, oh yeah, I know what a purple flower is. That's a flower. It's purple. In fact, it's a penstemon or it's a salvia. You know, I love to name flowers. I'm a gardener and naming flowers is, is really fun. Oh yeah, I know, I know what it is. But really, if I really, really, really sit with that flower and I start allowing my mind to open and not be so certain that I know what it is, maybe I just notice the curve of its petal or maybe there's just a drop of dew on its leaf, a shadow or the wind starts moving it. And maybe if I really sit with that for a while, is it a purple flower? Is it a flower? Who cares whether it's a penstemon or a salvia? Going beyond the dualistic constructs of the mind 
Yenjo Kowan. So um, another method that Catherine often used to help us loosen our minds, because I really think that's what this is about, is just about loosening our mind. Our mind is all we have. I mean, obviously, our mind is a part of our body. We have our, our bodies, our body mind, our body mind heart. <laughs> but, uh, you know, th there's not some other place. As, as Dogen will say in this very same Genjo Koan later down the line, here is the place. Here the way unfolds. So even as we're studying this, you know, these three states of consciousness, it's all the same and it's all happening right now in you. And yet we try to find these different ways to, to understand this so that we can release and relax our minds. So another way that Catherine used to often do that was by bringing poetry into the Zendo. And I also, I love to bring poetry into the Zendo because poetry is very much, I think, a language that is less the, the language of the, the, the conceptual object-making mind. Poetry invites us to loosen the mind, loosen the grip of the mind, open the hand of thought, as Uchiyama Roshi said. So um, one of Catherine's favorite poets, Mary Oliver, was often one, one of our Dharma teachers in, back in, in those days. Um, and I do wish to continue to honor that tradition. And she didn't just read Mary's poems. She read Mary speaking about poetry and about what it is to write poetry. So thinking about these, these, the form and the emptiness, um, this, uh, she was reading an essay by Mary and she talked about, and this would be now the, the, the first sentence, the form, the noise and the flutterings of the world, its passions, its amusements, the trips to the grocery store, the ball game. That's the first sentence. That's the form. These things exist. We do these things. And yet the poet also explores the dark, impenetrable depths where the poem erupts, where it is read. Ceremony, crisis, passage, transcendence, beauty, terror. That's a little bit maybe of the second realm. Not so sure where the boundary is. Not so sure what's you and what's me in the realm of ceremony, in the realm of crisis, in the realm of terror. T.S. Eliot talked about how um, the diver has to wear a mask in order to live under the water. And Catherine pointed out the writer must wear a mask in order to be something or someone other than oneself, to go beneath the surface of the discursive mind and to allow for the luminous tonnage of the ocean out from the levels of the personal life. So Catherine said, you know, we're, we're crafting our lives, the poetry of the open heart and mind with no hindrance. Does that sound familiar? This realm where the mind is no hindrance going beyond. 
So this is all continuing uh, to just, uh, that was my review. And thank you, Catherine, of the opening of the Genjo Koan. But then, of course, there's not just the first four sentences. There's uh, many, many pages. So, yay, we get to move on to the next section. And um, the next section, I'll, I'll read you uh, a bit it, and then we'll see how far into this we can go this evening. To carry yourself forward and experience myriad things is delusion. That myriad things come forth and experience themselves is awakening. Don't worry, I'll go back. I'm just going to keep reading for a minute. Those who have great realization about delusion are Buddhas. And those who are greatly deluded about realization are sentient beings. I'm going to stop there. There's more to this piece, but right there, it's like, okay, there's a lot here that that Dear Dogen is, is offering us. To carry yourself forward and experience myriad things is delusion. He's just putting it right out there. So what do we mean by delusion? Okay. Um, it's a technical term in, in Zen and Buddhism. It's one I've certainly talked about a lot. One of my favorite subjects because I hang out a lot in delusion and, uh, I've been encouraged that Zen um, doesn't shy away from that side of life, but actually encourages us to pay attention. So what does this mean to carry yourself forward and experience myriad things is delusion. In a 2006 class that Reb Anderson taught up at Tassajara when I was there in 06 for a practice period, he defined delusion. I think this is a good, a good definition as the a priori self that we bring forward. What does that mean? I looked it up. A priori. A priori is uh, relating to knowledge or reasoning, which comes from the theoretical rather than from observation or experience. So rather than having my um, understanding coming from experience or observation, it's coming from my theory, my ideas. So I'm having these ideas about what I think reality is, and I'm putting it forward onto the myriad things. Dogen says, that's delusion. Um, we're different, but we're not separate. So another aspect of delusion is uh, the... Uh, misperception that we're separate from each other and from all all beings. It's a misperception because we're, we're not separate. As we know, we breathe the same air. We create each other's environment with our behaviors, um, with our activities that we do, um, both in our small little families and communities and in the big broad world, the ways that we impact each other and the ways that we impact the, the um, great nature. So it is a misperception that we're separate. Now, again, we're different. This doesn't mean we're all the same. It's not this uniformity of, of, uh, of, of existence. But uh, different and separate are, 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 are two different things. So um, within this universe that we all dwell in, this environment that we all share, we dance differently. But we're not separate. 
So Dogen is saying here uh, that to the extent that I am, that we are making up what uh, misperceiving the world in our heads and putting it forward, that is delusion. Um, And Shohaku says, actually, delusion isn't necessarily the best translation for that term in the Genjo Koan, Mayoi. He said um, that a better translation is that it's a distortion. It's a distortion within consciousness, the distortion of not seeing things as they are. Clinging to what we believe is true, trying to become enlightened and putting everything under the control of the self. So I was thinking of what are some examples of, of, of delusion um, at the social and the, and the personal level. Um, I think that a social level of delusion that we're all really, really um, involved in witnessing right now is, you know, the, the freedom of the media. Everybody has this idea that you can just believe whatever you want and that that's true. So there's whole, you know, communities of people who don't believe in global warming And it's like, it doesn't matter what you believe about global warming, right? The, you know, the forests are burning, the sea level is rising, the storms are increasing. It's not about what you believe. And yet we go around in, um, in our societies imagining that we could have these beliefs and therefore that is what's real, right? Or the pandemic was another one. It's not real, you know, because I don't think it's real. It's like, oh yeah, (laughs) guess what? It is. Okay. Certainly at the personal level, you know, there's this, this, this same phenomena. I don't know if you've ever had this experience. I, I certainly have where say you're having an argument with somebody who, um, you know, you has done something and you run this whole story in your head about them, about their motivation, why they did what they did, what they're going to do next, and then what you're going to do next. And if you can ever have the opportunity to get to talk to somebody directly that you've been running that kind of story about and find out what was actually going on over there for them. It can be very, very, very instructive. It can completely penetrate and pierce and humble your delusion if you do that. Now, sometimes you're right. <laughs> you know, sometimes your story is, is accurate, but I don't know if you've ever had the experience of it not being accurate, either something that you were making up about someone else or that they were making up about you. But that's a beautiful way to study delusion. Oh my God, I just made all that up in my head. Or you know what? All that stuff that you think that I think, um, that's not what I think. It's, it's your story about me. There was a wonderful movie that was um, I saw many, many years ago called The Upside of Anger. Raise your hand if you saw that movie. Nobody saw it. Oh, can I give you a spoiler? I'm going to give you a spoiler. This is a phenomenal movie about delusion. Oh, should I tell you? Oh, I don't know. Now I don't want to tell you. Now I want to tell you to go see it. And then you'll know what I mean. Maybe I'll do that. Unless you stay for the discussion and force me to tell you, I'll tell you. But this is a movie where basically it's it's got Kevin Costner in it. The whole first half of the movie, it looks like one thing is true. And then midway through the movie, you actually find out that premise of the protagonist was absolutely false. And it unravels the entire story for the next half of the movie. It's it's a beautiful, beautiful gripping view of this, this um, condition of 
of the extent and the potency of our delusion. And so I think that is, uh, you know, that's what Dogen's saying here. He's saying, carrying ourselves forward and putting ourselves onto the world like this is delusion. But then there's always the flip side. Well, then what's enlightenment, O Dogen, if that's delusion? Ah, it's that myriad things come forth and experience themselves. So this is a different way to be in the world rather than spinning a self and laying that self on the world. Can we use our very same mental and emotional faculties to be more spacious, not so sure, this purple flower, at last, I have forgotten its name, not be so sure, but we're still think, thinking, feeling beings. What is the world like if you move through it, not making up stories about it? If you actually just experience the myriad things, just as they are, that's awakening according to Dogen here in the Genjo Koan. So even though it can seem really hard to let go of the grip of this personal identity, it's actually profoundly liberating when we do that because you really don't have to do anything anymore. You just need to get up in the morning, eat your food, brush your teeth, breathe, and go through your day and just meet the world. Let the world be the world. Experience it. Genjo Koan. Shohaku says, the myriad dharmas carry out practice through us. Zazen isn't a practice to become a Buddha. It is the activity of a Buddha. Seeing clearly that we are part of the world. It's not the self awakening to reality, but it is, and I would say we are, reality awakening to reality. So that's the invitation with these next two lines of the Genjo Koan. Um, And it's almost seven. And mm, let me think of... I think I do want to just put out this the, the next two lines and then, um, yeah, maybe for another five five minutes or so, because I think it makes a nice capping for, for, for tonight's talk. So continuing forward, um, you know, to carry yourself forward and experience myriad things is delusion. That myriad things come forth and experience themselves as awakening. So the next part, those who have great realization about delusion are Buddhas. And those who are greatly deluded about realization are sentient beings. So this is one of the most important concepts, I believe. And I think it's what, in Zen. And it's why I love Zen and why I do my best to practice Zen. Because in this teaching, where he's not saying to escape, try to escape delusion, to try to be a good, good person by avoiding and escaping delusion. He's saying, study delusion. That's what Buddhas do. Buddhas study delusion. Rather than trying to transcend it, you study it. How do you study it? You notice. When are you creating a solid self? 
When are you creating a copy of the world in your head and walking around with it like a map and trying to put it on the world, this distortion? Can you notice when you're doing that? That's studying delusion. And then we accept that delusion is our human nature. And so, you know, of course we're (laughs) self-centered. You know, it's the nature of, of the self to focus on itself, right? So on the other hand, you know, can we, once we see this, then we can actually let go of the map. And as Shohaku beautifully said, sit down on the earth of reality. Let go of the map and sit down on the earth of reality. So to close um, with uh, Kosho Uchiyama commenting on this very same part of the Genjo Koan, he says, we're always living in the midst of delusions based on discrimination between this and that. Within the midst of such delusions, the essence of the Buddha way is to realize that discriminating thoughts (laughs) are nothing other than secretions of the mind. I'm going to read that again in case you think they're these really hard, scary things that you're never, ever, ever going to be, be able to understand. Kosho is saying discriminating uh, thoughts are nothing other than secretions from the mind. When we can see this and feel this, then we open the hand of thought and we can carry out our life driving in accordance with our scenery which is changing moment by moment. He has this beautiful analogy, uh, Kosho Uchiyama of, you know, we're driving our car and how the scenery just is, we're just going through the scenery. And so there we are, we're the car, we're driving our car, but can we just drive our car and allow the scenery to just to, to pass? And um, if we get caught up in the discriminating mind to, take a breath and, oh, it's just the secretions of my mind. (laughs) That's all. So there we go. There's our taste of the Genjo Koan for tonight. And um, I'll close this part. We'll have a few announcements. And then if you would like to stick around and talk about this uh, material or anything else that is alive for you right now in your practice, I'm happy to, to do that with you. So thank you so much for your uh, attention. And uh, beings are numberless. I vow to save them. Delusions are inexhaustible. I vow to end them. Dharma gates are boundless. I vow to enter them. Buddha's way is unsurpassable. I vow to become it.